Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host and co-pilot, Leanne Whippen, Camaro Dave, and Commander Chris. are roaming around here somewhere. Coming to you from our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in the Portland, Oregon area. Barbecue Nation is part of the USA Radio Networks. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. There you go, Russell. Uh beef the way nature intended you can check them out online at paintedhillsnaturalbeef.com well when leanne and i were in texas a couple three months ago we met uh, a very uh nice couple our first night there at the get together party uh, chuck schoenfeld schoenfeld excuse me uh and we, he was very heavily involved and still is in the high school barbecue uh association there as you know everything is big in texas so is barbecue so these guys are really pushing and helping kids get into the competition barbecue world so uh, again i'd like to welcome uh chuck schoenfeld and russell woodward president and vice president respectively of the high school barbecue uh incorporated group hi guys hi hello hello thanks for having us welcome good to talk with you yeah, that was kind of a long winded intro, but uh, we're here now. So when we met in Texas, um, I had seen articles about kids like in barbecue news magazine and stuff, you know, barbecuing. And there's some comps out there for, <clears throat> excuse me, kids and that. But you guys seem to take it a little more seriously down there in Texas. Tell us about that, Chuck. Texas is a state for barbecuing. We all know that. We do take it very serious. Uh, we uh, we try to, to get the kids involved with it so that in the future, we will have uh, future competition cooks for one thing, but another thing is we try to get them involved with it so they can maybe learn some life lessons such as uh, time management, um, teamwork. Yeah. Pit control, smoke you know, control, fire control, temperature control, that type of stuff. Um, but we do that by getting involved with barbecuing. And again, we, we create a competition out of it where the best team wins. Yeah. Russell, how did you get involved? Because you work with the uh, Texas Beef uh, Council, don't you? Or what? I don't know the formal name of it, but. Uh... That is correct, JT. Good afternoon. And uh, thanks, Leanne, for having us on here today. We're delighted to be able to share a little bit about high school barbecue and what some of our student competitors are doing. I work for the Texas Beef Council. And we're here in Austin, Texas. We represent the ranchers in the state of Texas with the Beef Loving Texans brand and actually Beef It's What's For Dinner. You may have heard of that before. So we do a lot of research, education, and promotion. And our involvement really began uh, at, the, at the very beginning, back when the vision was cast uh, by some folks that were on the culinary side of things. And they wanted to expand what they were doing with their students with high school culinary and uh, get involved with barbecue. And so 
Chuck happened to be at the uh, wrong place at the right time, I think, and uh, was uh, doing some competition of his own and, and doing some winning. And so uh, we contacted him and he graciously accepted and started mentoring uh, some of our students at a couple of high schools. And uh, they started putting on some competitions and it really grew from there. So we've been doing this now for like, six, seven years and uh involving more and more high school students from across the state of Texas and, and beyond. But uh, that's really our, our passion and our vision is to provide an opportunity for these students to, to engage, really. And so we've got culinary students uh, across the state that are studying culinary. We've got ag students that are doing all our ag stuff and building pits. And, and so we wanted to bring those two worlds together, how the food's grown, how it's uh, cooked, and, and enjoy that across a community table, really and provide that learning experience for those students, uh, get them involved in a little smoke, a little barbecue, and have some fun with that, some life skills, like Chuck said, in terms of learning teamwork and time management and, and working through challenges and getting up early and staying up late and all the things that go with uh, competition and preparing for competition and then uh, competing at our regional competitions and states. So we provide that opportunity, we like to think, and then through our sponsorship of the Beef Council and and others, uh, the Nolan Ryan Brands Group, uh, uh, the Augusta Scopier School of Culinary Arts, and our other sponsors here uh, provide scholarship opportunities for the winners. But really, the bottom line is that the, by doing right, they come out, uh, they learn a little bit about meat and protein and smoke and bringing all that together in community and, and have fun and learn. So that's what we're all about. I like where you said, get up early and stay up late. Um, you know, if you're if you grew up in the ag world like I did, you understand that concept fully of, right. uh, you know, sun's not up yet. But your old man's wrestling you out of bed, telling you to get out to the barn and, uh, you know, checking the horses and cattle one last time before you hit the sack at night. And if you do happen to go out and play with your friends, it's brutal the next day. That's the only thing I can say. It gets really brutal. Yeah. That morning wake up call seems like it gets a little earlier the longer you stay out. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. My old man used to say sleep fast. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like yeah. That. Yeah. We've had, we've had competitions where the high has been 28 degrees or, or 100 degrees. It depends on where you're at or where they've been wading in water up to their ankles in the rain. And uh, we don't, mm -hmm. we have competitions no matter what. Yeah. So yep, I get that's... a bit of that as well. So, well, yeah. when Leanne and I met you down in, down in Fort Worth, you actually had a comp for the kids there. And I will say this, that I was impressed with their work. Um, you know, some were better than others. And I still remember that young lady who made that dessert. Uh, and one. Yeah, and one. <laughs> you know. So that was, that was kind of my deal. But uh, I noticed Leanne was hovering around the dessert tables, too, while we were doing mm -hmm. that. But that was... That was really interesting. And one of the things that I thought in, in your rules and we saw it there is um, you have boundaries. We all have boundaries, but you had actually physical boundaries where coaches and parents and, uh, you know, observing bystanders can't get in to the cook area and and either, you know, help or. Uh, give them advice and stuff like that. I think that was very interesting that uh, they you just couldn't get in there and muck things up for the kids. I thought that was good. Well, and we want the students to do the cooking and prepping and, and plating and serving themselves. 
we we don't want somebody to come in and you know it's it's natural for a parent to step in and try to help they don't intend to but they will if you keep them outside of the cook area then the students have to do all the work themselves so what they turn in the product they turn in is a finished product that they did not that they had help doing i will say when i was observing the kids they didn't even look like they were looking for help they seemed um almost well-trained and independent and focused. And that would, to me at that age, I don't, I mean, I took home ec, I was lucky to bake a cake. So I was really <laughs> impressed with their, um, I don't know, just their their whole air about them and how, how they were really into it. You could tell this is not uh, something they took lightly and uh, they were all in. And I love watching that. I mean, that's what competition's all about. You just have to be careful when Meathead's around because he'll walk right in the middle of my <laughs> He tried. He tried. <laughs> but they, they take it serious. I mean, the, the teams that we brought to Fort Worth were some of our top competing teams, and they have spent many hours practicing, and they take it very serious. So um, who trains them? They're, they're mentors. They're teachers. Mentors. They're, they're mm-hmm. coaches. Some of them have teachers and coaches. Some of them have uh, competition cookers who come in and work with them before they go to the competitions. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so they're trained by their mentors and um, whoever else is willing to help most in most cases. But by the time they get to the regional competitions, especially state, they're serious. They, they know what they have to do and they get it done. Uh, it's very obvious, as you saw, that, that most of them take it very seriously. Uh, what I liked about it was the fact that they cooked whole chickens. I mean, half chickens, um, which... I can appreciate that learning how to cook light meat to make it just as tender as the dark meat. I mean, to me, that's the way I think all comps should be. That's always been a thing with me. And they produced, uh, I mean, it could have been on the cover of gourmet magazine. They were absolutely drop dead gorgeous. I unfortunately did not get to judge, but the judges that I spoke to said that everything was outstanding. So it was, it was nice to see. Yeah. Those were the people at the table with the stuff dripping down their chin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So Russell, what do you, do you support them by like, do you supply the briskets through Texas beef or how so does that work? That's a great question. The beef council, uh, we support the organization uh, and spend time working with the board and Chuck and all the other volunteers that help make uh, things happen. So we help support the schools that uh, sponsor the individual regional competition. So kind of how it works is we put out bids and we ask instructors and schools to to host a competition. We like to have somewhere between eight and 10 regional competitions a year. A team has to come and compete in that regional competition to qualify, come to the state championship. So, uh, and we we like for uh, a school district or a teacher from a school to kind of be the sponsor. They can hold that competition at their school or somewhere at a community park or somewhere in the community, right? And so when they're uh, advertising and promoting the event and we uh, post that on our website, then they can uh, kind of get some help from the community with donations for product for the teams or in other areas. And uh, our role is really to help kind of support the overarching organization and those scholarships at the end of the year. And we support them at the local level by giving them some contacts and helping them secure that product uh, for those competitions. So. You know, as the students come in, you know, a team can have anywhere from one to five members. So there's five categories. Um, right. There's right. the first thing they turn in. And then the next thing they turn in is uh, some beans that they've cooked. And, and then something about uh, 
this chicken you talk about, beef council, I don't know that that word doesn't ring. I don't understand that sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> I have to cook one of those or part of it and turn that in. And they do a really good job, right? Mm-hmm. And then they do some pork ribs and then brisket's the last thing that they turn in uh, towards the end of the day. And uh, each of those team, mem- team members typically is responsible for one of the items. There, there you go. We got to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back in about uh, two minutes and we'll be talking more with uh, Chuck Schoenfeld and Russell Woodward from the high school barbecue incorporated down in Texas. We'll be right back. Smoky Bones, the master of meat with 62 locations in the U.S., has partnered with Big Green Egg to bring you the summer grilling excellence sweepstakes. Enter at SmokyBonesGiveaway.com for your chance to win Big Green Egg grills, Smoky Bones meal packages, and other great instant prizes. The sweepstakes does end August 1st, and the winners will be announced on or around August 8th. So go to SmokyBonesGiveaway.com for your chance to win. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JP along with Leanne. If you'd like to contact us, um, send us some ribs and then we'll we'll talk to you. No, actually, you can go to our website at barbecuenationjt.com and there's a link there. You can send us a note. We're also on all the social media platforms, a lot of them. So um, you can reach out to us that way. Today, we're uh, very privileged to be talking with Chuck Schoenfeld and Russell Woodward, uh, President and VP, respectively, of the High School Barbecue, Inc. How did you come up with High School Barbecue, Inc., Chuck? So when we went out and uh, became a 501c, uh, we wanted to also become a, uh, an LLC or a corporation so that we protect the board members. So we incorporated, so it's High School Barbecue Incorporated. And we are a 501c3, so everything that we make, everything that we bring in, generate towards revenue. That uh, goes back into the account and goes back to the students or back to the organization itself. There you go. There you go. Is there a provision in there to teach uh, Russell about chicken? <laughs> We're working on those bylaw changes right now, JT. This <laughs> I've met Russell, he picked up one box of chicken, dropped it, said it burned his hands so bad he couldn't touch it. There you go. There you go. Well, that was kind of a biblical proportion or something at that point, you know, like that. When you're, um, when you're actually having a comp with these guys and you've got your rules and we've kind of touched on a couple of them and we'll touch on a couple more. How many teams are usually show up at these? It varies. It depends on regional. We've had them, you know, as few as eight or nine, as big as 30. Yeah. I think it's state this year. We had how many? 95 roughly? I believe our final count was uh, 86 teams that 86. Uh, okay, 86 came teams. to shut up for our state competition. Yep. And, and that usually like four or more kids? Typically, they're anywhere between three and five. They would average probably four, but a lot of the teams have five, um, and a bunch of them have four as well, but up to five members per team. Okay. that's Like I said, that's a lot of kids. Um, you got to drag Leanne down there and have her be a guest judge for you sometime. Yeah, I'd love that. We'd love to have Leanne come down here. <laughs> We'd love to have you come next year at Slate. That would mean a lot. To yeah, me. I would love that. Um, do you find that because you've been doing it six or seven years, that some of these kids take it so seriously that they uh, form a team and actually really hit the circuit as far as competition, or are they more focused on 
continuing their education and then utilizing what they've learned in future jobs? I think there are a few teams from out in the East Texas area that have actually formed teams that are competing in adult competitions as well as high school competitions. That's great. There are some uh, uh, organizations here in Texas that allow 14-year-old and older uh, students or kids, if you will, to cook as long as they have an adult with them in, in their competitions. Mm-hmm. So we do have a few of them that have uh, the Escoffier School of Culinary Arts that won enough scholarship money through them that they went to school and got their degree in culinary arts. And both of them, one is in a, a, a sous chef in Houston, the other one is, is a chef in Houston area as well. So they've, they've earned enough scholarship money to do that once they wow. graduate from high school as well. So, uh, so and then a lot of them just go on with life. And we always tell them nothing else. When you get in college, you can barbecue. You can That's true. Barbecue on the weekends. Make a lot of friends. That's a lot of skin. Absolutely. Yeah. The, I want to, the, the first thing you read when you look at the um, HSBBQ rules is conduct. And I want to read part of that to our listeners. All teams and mentors will be expected to conduct themselves in a friendly, courteous and professional manner. Any team and or mentor that does not conduct themselves in a professional manner will be disqualified and possibly expelled from future competition. This includes speaking ill of other teams, mentors, judges, or any other person on the site. This is a teaching environment. And mentors are expected to be positive role models to the youth that they are mentoring and modeling professional behavior at all times. I think that's a that's a pretty bold statement. And I like it. Don't get me wrong. I really like it. But what there must have been something that that, (laughs) you know, kind of prompted you is the right word to write something like that. I'll answer that because I'm the one who wrote the rules. (laughs) <laughs> okay. prior to high school barbecue i was the president of a local organization in texas that sanctions barbecue competitions right and along with that i got to see a lot of things while i was in, in that role as a president and decided morning and I, my wife and morning and i sat down we started writing these rules decided that um if we're going to have these competitions we're going to set some pretty firm rules as far as conduct in sportsmanship and, and treating people fair and friendly. And so we sit down and, and wrote those rules just for that reason. Uh, I will say up to today, I have not had to reprimand one person that's in awesome. the years of competitions for that. Yeah, so well, it, I'll add on to that. I think that that's one of the things that attracted the Texas Beef Council to this organization uh, as they were uh, casting a vision and looking to develop youth and introduce them to barbecue and competition and students have got a lot of things to choose from right there's a lot of activities that go on the high school level that they can choose from and we've got a lot of students that choose to to do this but the fact that there are some uh, that we focus ourselves on being a leadership organization we're developing leaders uh, with these students through the teachers and through our activities and so we expect a, a certain level of conduct and uh hold them to that, right? And so if they're gonna be leaders, they need to act like leaders and they're gonna, we're introducing them to industry and professionalism and whether they go on and compete as an adult cooker or they start their own business or whatever they get into, they're gonna need to learn these skills that they learn in this environment. Uh, In addition to enjoying some good food and camaraderie, but uh, so that's what brought us to the table was that focus on the students, uh, the learning environment uh, and developing the leaders of the the, the next generation of leaders they go out and represent barbecue either professionally or uh, by owning their own restaurant. 
Well, I can I'll tell you. Business to get into. <clears throat> sure. Uh, I don't know how Leanne feels about this. We got about a minute left here, but when we watched them at the barbecue conference in Fort Worth, every one of those kids, for the most part, were very willing to come up and visit with us. Um, mm-hmm tell us what they were doing a little bit, how they were doing it. Uh, You know, we didn't press them for their deep, dark barbecue technique secrets, but just in general, I thought they handled themselves very well. I will say that. So it was. And and, and in addition to that, there was, I didn't see any arrogance, which is amazing. Barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) Very refreshing. Gracious winners and gracious uh, in defeat as well. So that's one of the, you know, one of the. Yeah. I think they are. Both the students are very humble. They, They really are. Yeah, they, they certainly were. We're going to take another break here on Barbecue Nation. we got to take a network network break, if I can say it right. We'll be back in a couple of minutes uh, with Chuck and Russell um, and the rest of the crew here on Barbecue Nation. Please stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. We've got their big meet and greet coming up in a couple of weeks. I'll be over there in beautiful Fossil, Oregon. If you've never been there, you can't get there from where you live. I'll just tell you that. And we'd also um, like to thank uh, David Malik and his crew at Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Uh, exquisite knives, great value for them. And they work well in my kitchen and when I do the TV stuff. And I know I, Leanne uses them also and uh, good stuff. Also, again, I mentioned this last segment. If you want to email us, you can just do it. It's very simple. Just Jeff at BBQNationJT.com or Leanne at BBQNationJT.com. There you go. So we're talking with, <clears throat> um, excuse me, God, Chuck Schoenfeld and uh, Russell Woodward, the president and vice president, respectively, of the High School Barbecue, Inc., um, What's the biggest thing you guys have gotten out of this? What have you learned about working with kids and this type of competition? There is so much that you, I don't even know where to begin, to be honest with you. But this is one of my passions. I've always wanted to start a cooking series with, with high school students. And when I was cooking on, on, you know, around Texas and all the competitions, and to get it started, get up and running, and to see the teams turn up the clock, they turn up. And be as humble about it as they are to me. It's just, it's just, I don't, it's beyond words. Um, it's, it's, it's a dream for me that's been fulfilled, more than fulfilled, I guess, would be the proper way to put it. And, um, you know, it's, it's something I would put any one of these, these student teams up against the comp, uh, adult team any day of the week. And to, to say that, that means that they have had to impress me a lot, and they have. Sure. The Russell <laughs> a different take on it from, from your side of it. But. Well, yeah, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that, uh, you know, in raising a couple of kiddos, that uh, these high school kids can cook. Uh, they can cook some barbecue now, and uh, they are eager to learn and uh, are really excited about doing it. And so they have a 
you know, when you when you put something in front of them that uh, they really want to do, they get after it and they focus on it and work hard to achieve those goals. And so it's nice to see that. And I think the other thing that I've learned, too, is that we've got a lot of uh, adult cookers uh, from the professional circuit and the hobby circuit as well, or that, that are very interested in uh, engaging with our students. We didn't know how they would receive it, but I tell you what, it's been great to see uh, all of the mentors that have come out of the community across the state that are working with these students and helping them and mentoring them and uh, sharing a few secrets, but just really giving them the opportunity to step out there and show what kind of skills they've got. So Chuck, which is harder? Which is harder, dealing with the students or dealing with the coaches and mentors? Coaches and mentors. The students behave themselves. It's, it's the uh... The people outside of the roped off area that you look at. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if you guys, well, there weren't that many teams there in Fort Worth, but you get in a big competition where the, the mentors are trying to work with the teams and the students don't listen to them. To me, that is the most funnest thing in the world to watch. <laughs> they can't go in there. They stomp their feet. They, 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 you know, they turn around, walk off, they scream, they holler, they yell. And those students just keep doing what they're doing over there. It's, it's just fun to watch. Time out, Chair. Yeah, you, I'm out here. There you go. <laughs> and you can just put on the back of it compliments of Barbecue Nation, Jeff and Leanne. How <laughs> that? that was good. so, Leanne. What was the biggest thing that impressed you? I mean, it was a smaller group, like Chuck just said. We didn't have you know too many teams there, but there was enough certainly to give a great representation. But what did what did you learn from all that? I, I was admiring their maturity and actually they stayed very calm, which, you know, in a competition, that's kind of hard to keep your focus and they seem focused. I did see definitely how the teams were um, working together, but at the same time, they had a focus on their certain category for the most part, which was nice, but they were still working together as a team. And of course, I like to see the girls out there. So they were well represented. (laughs) Well, I think you touched on on something here for me personally. Um, Those can be, as we said at the top of the show, very long days. And uh, coming from a background of, of showing horses and I had friends that showed cattle, they can be, that can be very, very long days. And to keep your focus is for anybody. I don't care if you're 17 or 47, it's hard to keep your focus all day long. And mm-hmm. I thought those kids did down there. Mm-hmm. They, they, they stuck with the program. Uh, you know, yeah, they knew they were under the microscope a little bit, but it wasn't very, you know, nobody was there to to really give them a hard time. But I was impressed with that, that they stuck with their mission and did it um, all day long. Well, also, they're dealing with live fire. So um, we talked about this before the show that there's no pellet cookers there. So they're really learning about the fire management and all of that, which I commend you all for um, teaching that side of it, because that's the real deal, you know, really learning how to manage your fire. Um, So I I like that, too. So, Leanne, I appreciate you mentioning the fact that we've got a lot of uh, girls that cook with us, because Mm -hmm. that's one of the great things about this organization. You don't have to be an athlete uh, to do this or something special. We've got anybody can any student can come cook and participate. And we've got teams uh, of lots of diversity. And I love it when we've got teams of girls that, as a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, our reserve champion team from last year was an all-girls team from James Madison High School in San Antonio. (laughs) And this year, a repeat performance, uh, half of our winning team from um, 
McCollum County High School in, down in Tilden, Texas. It was about half boys and half girls, but the reserve champion team was an all-girls team from Catula, Texas. So mm-hmm. not only uh, – Yay! So go. There you go. That, uh, we've got a lot of girls out here helping these boys along, learn how to cook and barbecue, interestingly <laughs> enough. So it's a, it's great to see that. Well, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you that I still, uh, I, I have not tried to make it since I've been home, but that strawberry dessert that that young lady handed me. And of course the peanut butter character up in the left-hand corner of your screen there, she was all over that one. Kind of, <laughs> kind of a, kind of a, kind of a peanut butter parfait or whatever yeah, it was, but those were exceptional. I mean, the meats were, were great. Don't get me wrong. They were, they were right on, on target. But when the, when she walked up and said, do you want to try one of these? And it was uh, the little kind of a churro type thing mm-hmm. with uh, strawberries and yeah. whipped cream and mm-hmm. honey. And so I, I could have just stood there and eaten those things. As you can tell by looking at me, I could have eaten a dozen of those things. You did. I did. <laughs> Thank you, man. For yes, yes. Truth be told. Truth be told. Well, I saw you putting those cups of that I, peanut butter I, I, parfait in your pocket. I'm not, I'm not gonna deny. I'm not gonna deny. Taking it back though. The funniest thing was is when we met Chuck and Marnie, they it was at a social hour thing, and they had these huge golf prawns and they served them one at a time. And mm-hmm. Chuck and I were in the running, I think, for who could eat the most of those because those right. things were damn good. I'm just they, gonna, were good. they were, they were, delicious. and then and then the quail, the bacon wrapped quail. Yes, we were, we just, we would, those guys would come out of the back with the trays, and Chuck and I just come over here, come this way, you know. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It's all about strategy. That's was true food. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the things in your rules, um, everything has to be uh, cooked on site. There's no pre-marinating, pre-soaking, pre-spicing. Um, you know that type of thing. As as far as when they designate the official start time. Okay, and I like it here. It says meat will be prepared uh, from scratch with the time that with the time constraints of the cook off. No meat will be allowed to leave the team area. The head judge or designee will advise teams of the start time. You know, I like that just because when you go to a comp professional comp out there, they're working on this stuff two days before they get there and which which is fair i mean that's the world they live in but my point is these kids are having to do it right here right now and i like that are they allowed to use commercial sauces rubs injections or do they have to create their own well they're allowed to use commercial items so we uh, one thing when we when we came up with the rules uh and it wasn't just me it was the group of us but we, uh, we wanted it to be a fair playing field for everybody. Commercial mm-hmm. sauces and rubs and spices, you can buy those online or anywhere you want. So I wasn't too concerned about that. It was trying to get the same quality of meat for the people at the same time with the same guidelines and the same rules. And then at the end of the day, if they can turn a brisket out with the same guidelines and same rules that they had for the competitive team, and they win, then they actually did something. They, they, they did it from scratch and won right there on site. I know when I was competition cooking, I would start with fajitas and inject and marinate and soak and brine and everything that we did. 
they don't get that. They get their meat at six o'clock. That's when the competition starts. They start their fires at 5 a.m. The meat is passed out at six. So they have from six until the respective turning times to get the product done. So they're all under a time crunch. Now, I think, Leanne, that's one reason why they seem so calm. They've gotten used to that. They're, they're under time right. from the time they start. Mm -hmm. you know, they take a deep breath and, and, and do what they got to do. They know they'll finish well. So do you give them a, like uh, the, the brisket? Do you, are they still in, in vacuum pack bags when they get it or are they, have they been taken out and kind of weighed? So they're all similar or what? Oh, they're vacuum pack bags and they can trim them however they want to. If they want to trim the flat out of them, they can do that. But at the end of the day, they have to turn in a full slice of brisket with the ends on it, cooked ends on it. It can't be chunks or, or pieces. Mm -hmm. we, want, we want to see that that brisket is, is a full slice from, from side to side, top to bottom. Mm -hmm. But they can trim it before they cook it and do what they want. So some of them will trim it down to the six pound brisket. What are the garnishing rolls? There are none. They get Love a it. piece of foil on the bottom and that's it. There you don't, go. The only thing they can pretty up is the dessert. They can garnish those. Well, they don't have they don't have to pretty them up too much if I'm yeah. around there. Anyway, we're gonna take we're gonna take another break. We're gonna come up, come back and uh wrap up the regular show and Chuck and Russell are gonna stay with us uh for after hours. But uh we'll we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Smoky Bones, the master of meat with 62 locations in the U.S., has partnered with Big Green Egg to bring you the summer grilling excellence sweepstakes. Enter at SmokyBonesGiveaway.com for your chance to win Big Green Egg grills, Smoky Bones meal packages, and other great instant prizes. The sweepstakes does end August 1st, and the winners will be announced on or around August 8th. So go to SmokyBonesGiveaway.com for your chance to win. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, uh, little old me. Um, we got Leanne, we've got Chuck Schoenfeld and uh, Russell Woodward, president and vice president, respectively, of the High School Barbecue Association there in Texas. How long did it take you to come up with the parameters and the rules for this, Chuck? Uh, I would say all in all, probably about a week. And that was, you know, through discussion of various areas such as the, the meats and, and the cooking areas, the size of the cooking areas, roping the cooking areas off, the guidelines, uh, that type of stuff. Again, I'd already been involved in competency cooking. I have been for years since I was younger. So I kind of had an idea in my mind how I did it, but we had to make sure that it was fair for every team that came to compete. And that was the purpose for trying to tighten those perimeters up to make sure that everybody had the exact same advantage in this part. When do you go, Russell, do you go to the competitions or uh, frequently? Or I know a guy like you's probably got a very busy schedule. So my sidekick. we we uh, we try to share the duties. I try to make as many as possible. But, uh, yeah, it takes a, a couple of us to get there on Friday afternoon to uh, get to the host school, get all the things set up and kind of mark off the parking lot and make sure we've got everything organized the way it needs to be. And. A lot of times our host schools will have a educational session that afternoon from somebody in the community for the students that are coming to compete. And we'll, uh, we might have a little dinner or something for them before we excuse them for the night. And they get it all ready for bright and early in the morning when uh, they can come on site at 4 a.m. typically 
And as Chuck said, uh, we let them start their fires. we got a big bell we ring, and they can uh, light their fires up at 5 a.m. and get going. And then at 6 o'clock when we pass out the meats, that's when we run all the mentors and coaches uh, out of the cook area and rope it off. And from there on out, it's uh, uh, the students take the lead. But, uh, yeah, as a sponsor and as a board member, uh, I try to make as many as I can that my schedule allows. But uh, Chuck and Marnie are the uh, – Troopers of the group, they uh, right. make just about all of them because they serve as our typically serve as our head judges as well and coordinate that aspect for us. Since uh, that that's the, the experience and, and knowledge that they bring to the table uh, for we'll the organization. I want to give a big shout out to Jerry for the beef council too because Jerry, yeah, cook on his own time, he thought you know he, he wants he wants to be involved. So Jerry's at almost every cook off. What what kind of uh, pits are they cooking on? I saw a variety and a lot of them actually looked like they were like homemade. Yeah, that, that's a great question. We have uh, a variety of pits that show up from the, you know, backyard stick burner that you put on a trailer to a professional one that uh, somebody may have let them borrow. A lot of them, the ag students have built at some point in time and they're using those. And then we have a lot of students or not a lot. We have some students that, We'll uh, use barrels as well. So we've got a mm -hmm. variety of, of ways that the students and the instructors have figured out how to get there and, and perfect the not only the dessert and the beans, but also the meats for the turn-in. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we do have a variety. And I take it, uh, Russell, you don't, when it comes to passing out the meats, you don't touch the chicken. Because you might burn unless, your fingers. Unless your friends abandon you right about the time when uh, those are supposed to go on the table. And I'm like, I'm the only one there. So I have to glove up. I have to run a mask so I can, you know, get those on the table. Yeah, you look like you're going into a highly radioactive area. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I, I got that. Out of all the, the categories that the kids cook, um start with chuck first what what do you think they do the best and what's your favorite of what they cook not your favorite to eat at home with marnie but what's your favorite that they do Actually, I, I love pork spare ribs and that's that's the category that i always go to to beg for samples okay. <laughs> dessert's good too but if, if it comes to the meats it's gonna be the pork spare ribs they they all do a good job cooking them um you know, everybody's got their opinion how they should be cooked, and mine's a little different than other people's, but uh, uh, I like those. And then secondly would be brisket. They all normally do a really good job in their brisket. So they spent lots of time learning how to perfect that. Russell? Well, so you know my first answer is going to be brisket, right? That's easy. Right. But uh, And it's always fun to see how they do those. But really, I enjoy watching them do beans. I'm kind of a bean guy, and there's so hmm. many different ways to do that. They come in and and sampling those and see how creative they can be. And then because I have a sweet tooth, um, you know, I'm, I'm never so just like everything table <laughs> when those come in. So I'm right there with you, JT. I just can't stay away from the desserts. So is it true when a child is born in Texas that they give the parents a brisket? Is they that do. true? They do. Okay. I, you know, I, the flavor, the flavor profiles are so different from every team. It's amazing. You know, and of course, Texas is such a big state, you got to cook different for different parts of the state. Your judges are local. So the teams have learned how to adjust their flavor profiles as well, and which I think is pretty cool. 
Well, I think that and cooking with live fire. I mean, yeah. to me, that is like Leanne said earlier, that's so important to actually learn to manage your own cook. Um, you know, and I, I would, to that point, that's what differentiates the ones that do really well and the ones that just do okay. Mm -hmm. The ones that have control of their fire usually turn into some really superior product. Uh, do you foresee this moving along into other states across the nation? Because I would love to see that. So I think that there are some opportunities to your point. It takes the right uh, person uh, with the right passion to come in and be able to do it. So we've uh, talked to a few of our other state beef council folks. And I know Chuck has visited with the, a number of folks that have uh, approached him from different states that are interested in uh, hosting. So I know he's uh, mentored a few folks and talked to them about how we do our competitions here. And so it, mm -hmm. it would be great if it expands. I think anytime you've got an opportunity for students to learn and learn how to cook and, and do some fun things, engage with your community, uh, then that's, uh, that's a great goal. Yeah, that's great. We'll see what we can do up here with the Oregon Beef Council. All right. Uh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, it could go on for a while. So, uh, but I am curious about the, uh, ingredients are smaller than the diameter of a dime. We're going to talk about that in after hours. Right. Um, how, now, real quick, how can they find out more about you? Is it just Texas uh, uh, High School Barbecue? Is Texas is spelled out S and then HSBBQ.org. Is that the best way to find you? That is correct. Yes, sir. Okay. And how can they find you at the Texas Beef Council? Uh, they can locate us there at beeflovintexans.com. Oh, my God. There you go. I know that I knew they gave briskets to new mothers. <laughs> I knew that. I never heard that. Yeah, I knew that. You heard it first here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to we're going to get out of here. Uh, and uh, I really want to thank Chuck Schoenfeld and Russell Woodward from the High School Barbecue, Inc. Uh, down in Texas. It was a pleasure to meet you in Fort Worth, Chuck. And um, I think you've got a good sidekick there with Russell. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. You everybody. bet. So for everybody here on the show, we'll be back uh, next week. Remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Take care and be nice out there, folks. See you later. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.